Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Spilled Tea. I am one of your hosts, Emmy Morgan. And today we have a pretty exciting episode. I mean, we are just going to talk about most everything that's going on currently. Um, Obviously talk about some things a little personally. And yeah, we'll we'll get into it. Um, Before my co-hosts get here, I'll just talk about what was going on with me the past week. Um, I have been doing a lot of creating, doing a lot of writing, and that's, it's always exciting to be creative because when I was a kid, that was my way to escape when I had a bad day or when I didn't feel like life was going my way. So I've been doing a lot of writing. And I've also, and I know we haven't talked about um, soaps in a long time, but I actually started watching Beyond Salem, which is on Peacock. Beyond Salem is the spinoff to Days of Our Lives, which has been a NBC soap for a very long time. Anyway, um, started watching that. It's only five episodes, so of course I finished it. And it came out, no, yeah, five episodes. It came out Monday through Friday of last week. And then I've gone back and started to binge watch Days of Our Lives. Uh, I started at September 5th, 2020. And I'm watching it forward. So, yeah, I'm excited to be binging that. The show is a lot better than I because I watch, obviously, everybody knows. Oh, sorry, drag racing going on. Um, I watch um, Young, Young and the Restless religiously since 2009 when Guiding Light came off the air. But, yeah, Days of Our Lives is really good. It feels like I'm watching an extension of Days of Our Lives from the 90s when I stopped watching regularly. Ron... Calavardi is the head writer and he just gets the show. He gets the characters. He understands the story. He understands the identity of the soap opera, which is really, really great. Um, yeah, I really love watching it. It's um, such a good show. And I'm having fun seeing the characters again. Yes, there are a couple of new characters. Um, but overall, I get the show and I understand, you know, where we're at and where we're going. It's really nice to be, um, visiting these people again and not for nothing. It's also kind of sad in a way. Um, some of the characters that were huge back when I was watching 
they're older. And it's just kind of like, oh, I kind of thought they'd be around forever. But, um, yeah, just a couple of characters that are new that I'm just like, wait, who is this? What's going on? But overall, it's one of those shows where you can watch. You can, you haven't watched in a while. You can pick right back up in it. The same. Um, I really like the use of history throughout the show. I, I just, I love it. I love it. So that's what I've been doing. Um, hey, Veronica, what's going on? Hey. Trying to find uh, my headphones. <laughs> what, um, I just caught up on what I was doing this week. Basically, like I said, Days of Our Lives and Beyond Salem. What have you been up to this week? Well, watching or doing things? Mm-hmm. What'd you say? Oh, things we're watching or things we've been doing? Just shot a um, sketch for my sketch comedy team, Cherry Cherry. And we shot at a church, and I was dressed as a nun. So that was interesting. Oh, boy. And you didn't burn up from that one little lie there? (laughs) We'll just say glass. I know. I would have burst in flames, but. (laughs) I know. I was, like, so worried that I was going (laughs) to, you know, lightning was going to strike or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it was funny because um, we were, like, you Mm -hmm. know, we, we had. You know, we were shooting at a church, and this, like, mm-hmm. nosy church lady comes by and was like, what are you doing? And we're like, you know, we're filming. Mm-hmm. And we, like, are talk to the rector and everything. And she's like, right, you're not going to walk in there and be like, let's go. But the best part, she's like, you better not be shooting a porn. And I'm like, ew. But then I was like, wait, what? There's none porn? What the fuck? There's every type oh. of porn out there. I'm guessing. But also, like, oh, church lady, God. you just, like, <laughs> revealed yourself. <laughs> you That's where seen. you first go to? None porn? Like, nothing yeah, we in between? We weren't doing anything sexual. We were being <laughs> nuns at a church. Like, it was a Sound of Music inspired sketch. What a weird It was lady. a funny story, and I just felt like I wanted to share that. What the hell? Who goes from, like, oh, you're shooting? Better not be a porn. Who says that? Like, why would you have a porn? I, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. So, anyways, I don't think I'm the one off. who has been sinning lately. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe she caught someone doing a porn maybe before. I don't know. I'm just worried about it. I know. I think, I, she was, okay. I think she was into it. I think that's her, like, issue. Yeah. Which is weird and gross and bizarre to me. Anything else that went down other than the nun that asked you if you were doing porn in a church? Well, she wasn't a nun. She was just a nosy church Uh, lady. Oh, that's even better. Nuns would not do that. Oh, okay. Anything else going on? Weird. (laughs) Although, what can can happen? I mean, you can't top the... I don't know. I feel like that, like... You're doing a porno. Yeah, you can't top that. Compared to that, really, so... Yeah. Well, I'm sure Joe has something exciting to say about his week. Yeesh. Good luck following that one up. 
I always have something to say. My, I, I lost my voice a little bit. I was on Fremont Street in Vegas last night, so. Oh, boy. That was supposed to be a work trip. Why did you lose your voice, Joseph? I know. Well, this is some work. Mm-hmm. I'm calling them out. I'm calling them out. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, work, you work during the day, and then. Oh, here we go. You know, then things would just escalate. I guess what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas now, does it? No, it will. I can can promise you that. I can Mm -hmm. promise you that. Mr. No Boy. He is so so scandalous. (laughs) The worst part is there's no scandal. That's That's the lame part about it. Well, then how the hell do no. you he come home like a stripper with tattoos and missing teeth? <laughs> right. <laughs> a face tattoo, missing teeth, and married to someone else. Like, what is going we on? Didn't, we didn't lose anybody on the roof. Um, oh, okay. There was a, uh, I'll give you the, the, quick, the, the quick version. So there's, like, at the, at the end of the, the, the strip, uh, the, like, the old yeah. strip, there's, like, mm-hmm. the soundstage with, um, they have, like, this 80s rock band there. Oh, uh, yeah, and of course they played like every every song from uh, from probably from the from my age of ten to like thirteen. Um, Got it. So maybe I maybe see. nine. Okay, to that 13. makes more sense. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, you know, things get, things get loud in the streets. I'll send yeah. I'll send the video after. You know, and then they got to end with Journey and stuff like that. You know how it goes. Oh, yeah. I would have lost my voice, too. Because Journey's, like, yeah. one of my favorite bands of all time. Every yeah. single and everybody sings along. Amazing. Yeah. Everybody sings along. And how, how, um, how inebriated were you while you were there? I can only imagine. Uh, actually, not that bad. That's the, Again, that's the okay. worst part. This is okay. pretty sober, Joe. So you were, like... Agawam at a football game when when we win a game type of drunk, but not like annihilated at a house party. No, I wasn't even that drunk. <laughs> you must have had one beer then. Shit. <laughs> I had a I had a couple I had a couple drinks while I was playing craps, and then um, we went out to the streets, and um, you know, it's just it's it's, just, it's, he, it's one of those trips. He likes Thanks. to be sober when he rocks out to the eighties. Exactly. I mean, you kind of have to because you got to say the words correctly. You can't mess up a journey song. You'll be, like, scarred yeah. for life. Like, come on. Yeah, so, I think even drunk, um, you don't mess up the words. Yeah. Oh, true, true. They are, they are like, kind of classic words. So um, let's kind of get into it. Before we get into our topics, I do want to ask each one of you, do you remember where you were? On 9-11-2001. We'll start with Veronica. I mean, I school, I guess. I don't really remember. Yeah. It was like so long ago. Did you remember hearing about the attacks and what was your reaction? Yeah, I just like, I just, it, I really couldn't believe it. It was like kind of shocking. And mm-hmm. then I knew people that were like, were, were looking for families. I was trying to help them, Aww. like find them, my phone. I was like, it's like kind of crazy. Yeah. How how old were you, and then, Veronica? Like, when... Yeah, I know. How old? Were you? Pretty, pretty young, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to age ourselves, but yeah, it's pretty young. 
Okay. But um, it's okay. We we were of working age, so. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I, I remember like it was like a friend of a friend's birthday that day, and she like mm-hmm. worked. I think across one of the towers and like that was her birthday mm-hmm. walking home in the middle of all that. Mm-hmm. So, that was like crazy. So about you? Uh, I was at work and I happened to be on the phone with, uh, with someone at the time. And, you know, the, of course the, the reaction of somebody on the phone who says, Oh yeah, plane just hit the world trade center. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, must have, someone must have been flying too low or something. That's what they're saying on the news. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. So I got off the phone. It, it sounded like like too weird. So I started looking up the news and or looking for news. And then, of course, in uh, in, in in 2001, the internet was not what it was today. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, all of the information that was coming out was obviously coming out through the regular news for the most part, but it was coming out so. Yeah. Slowly and and like the updates that were happening, they they really didn't know what was going on until the second mm-hmm. plane hit. Um, and I worked with a bunch of people that were from New York and had mm-hmm. um, had friends and people that they knew that were in those towers. Um, so of course they were all freaking out. And then we ended up going into the conference room and watching the news coverage as things were unfolding. And they ended up sending us home from work and, um, and you know, it, because obviously at that point they had figured out that this was a bigger, bigger issue and that, um, mm-hmm. you know, the phones weren't working because every single person mm-hmm. was trying to call everybody else. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then we went to, um, to Boston Billiards, uh, me and, and uh, a bunch of my friends at the time went to Boston mm-hmm. Billiards. And we just watched the coverage there for, oh gosh, we were there for six or seven hours just watching news coverage, and um, and it was it was a really just I, I I guess the only feeling I can use to describe it was just numb. Mm-hmm. Shock. We were shocked, and 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 you know the shock was just so much that we were just kind of numb. Like we didn't you know we didn't understand. Even at mm-hmm. you know 2001, I was I am not afraid to say my age. I was tw- I was uh, 25 at the time. I mm-hmm. you know just turned 25, and um, it was <laughs> it was shocking. I mean, obviously the the shock and awe of the situation was was a lot. So, how about you, Em? Wow. Um, so that was kind of a. I was also 25, and I remember. Um, Aaliyah had just passed away August 31st in that plane and she was my favorite artist and I remember when I I was woken up by my mother she came up to my bedroom and I she'd never done that before and she's like hey Aaliyah died and I'm like what and I like woke up I'm like what oh my god and I started bawling so then I was like still kind of raw you know because she was my favorite artist and I listened to her for years. So I'd come out of the cafeteria. It was about 8.30-ish. I came out of the cafeteria at my job. I had just gotten this job January 2001. And I was walking out of the cafeteria, and everybody um, was in the lobby area. And 
they were surrounded by the TV, which was higher up. And I'm like, what are they looking at? And I looked at the TV and I saw the Twin Towers, the first one, smoking. And then it zoomed in and I saw things like periodically falling down. And I'm like, what are those? Are those like part of the building? And someone said, that's people jumping. And I said, absolutely not. I am not watching people jump to their death. And I just kept walking. And I remember getting in the elevator and just the Aaliyah thing happened. And then I just saw people on the news jumping. And I just cried in the elevator to myself. And when I got out, I was just like, I ran to the bathroom. I finished crying. I wiped my face. And then I went to my desk. And when I put my headset on because I was a customer service rep, the phones, like Joe said, were not working. And I'm like, what the hell? And I think I had a cell phone. I'm pretty sure I had a cell phone. Because um, I knew that I had a cousin in New York, but I wasn't sure where. And I think I kept trying my cousin, and my cell phone wasn't even working. And I forgot what else happened the rest of the day, but I do remember that lead up to that. And I just remember, like, seeing the people jumping to their death was just the most disgusting thing. I stopped watching the news after that regularly because I just was so mortified that this was going to be on camera. And some of those people that were jumping to their death what if their family was watching and found out and saw, oh, my God, I think that's my uncle. I think that's my dad. I think that's my husband. I was mortified by the news after that. And I was still raw from, like, the Aaliyah thing. I was a mess that day, actually. I'm not going to lie to you. But, yeah, that's what I remember about that day. <sighs> Anyways. It was, crazy. Um, it was crazy on that day. And I think the, mm-hmm. the craziest thing was, like, the aftermath and, yeah. you know, after everyone had realized what happened and the reporting started mm-hmm. kind of clarifying, like, this was, you know, Osama bin Laden had done this and, you know, who the hell is this guy? And no one, no one, no one who really knew anything was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I know who Osama bin Laden is. I mean, now it's a household name, but um, and just the, the the anger and, um, you know, and, and, and rallying cries, we've got to get these guys. I, I remember mm-hmm. just people being like really rabid after that. Um, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, at the time I was just like, yeah, this is that stuff. Like whoever did this is going to, you know, has to have to be brought to justice. But, um, right. I just remember how angry everybody was. I remember how angry they were, but I remember how patriotic they were as well. Aside yeah. from anybody who was, um, any type of Pakistani at all or Afghanistan, any type of foreign Indian except for um, East Indian but we're so for just like I want to say a week or two and you have to verify this with me because I felt like even black people were just like so united with each other and you know are you okay you know are your people okay and people were smiling at each other and I'm I'm serious it lasted a week and then after that it was done and then to hear that, you know, the president was told about this, but he was in a kindergarten school. President uh, W was in a kindergarten school, and he wanted to hear, you know, what happened with the duck before he got up. And it was just all, all of it was just like, ugh. 
And like Joe said, the aftermath was crazy because then Michael Moore came out with Fahrenheit 9-11. Everybody was, ah, I don't know if you remember this, Veronica, probably too young then. Everybody was supporting Rudy Giuliani and saying what a great mayor he was of New York. And um, oh, he still talks about it about how he's the nine eleven mayor. That was the only shining moment of that man's only shining moment of his career. He has well, not lived so, up to that that person since then. So in in two thousand one, yeah, you, you have to remember in two thousand one. Rudy Giuliani's stock went through the roof. They had yeah. a really, a really uh, very tough period of fighting crime in the city, where they, yeah. you know, they closed down all the strip clubs, and um, you know, he was doing all the stop and frisk, and and they were they were very, very tough on crime with him as the DA, which essentially catapulted him into into his role. And mm-hmm. so, of course, as the mayor um, during this time. He mm-hmm. and to his credit, he did a really good job of of trying to you know promote strength and unity during that time. Mm-hmm. That I think a lot of people really, really um, they really needed. And he, and mm-hmm. you know again to his credit, he did a good job. Um, it was only after that that he kind of went off the deep end and started getting really yep. crazy with uh, you know his behavior and his politics and all the stuff that he was getting involved in. But I, I think up until that point. And a few years after, he really became America's mayor because he was the face of that of that recovery and that um, you know the recovery effort and trying to um, you know trying to, to kind of make heads or tails of what happened and trying to you know rescue if there was any survivors and and just kind of muddle through that mess and rebuild New York at the same time. Yeah, and uh, even though he had that moment of oh, I want to see what happened with the duck, um, George Bush. George W. Bush came out on top in that situation because he did get the bad guy. Um, and so his reelection was, I mean, inevitable. He got elected to two terms. But, um, but, but that, what, what that, we that was the say? problem. That was the problem. Yeah. We didn't get the bad guy. Not, not at least under, under uh, Bush. I mean, Bush was, you know, basically sent us into Iraq and then sent us into Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the, war mach- the, war mach- the war machine did really well, but in terms mm-hmm. of getting the actual person who, who perpetrated it and masterminded it, you know, that didn't happen mm-hmm. until Obama got in office. So, Well, don't uh, give him I, credit, I, of course. You can't, you know, can't give him credit. Well, and I think right. I, I think a lot of it's the timing of the intel that people get. You know, they were looking mm-hmm. for for Bin Laden for years, and he's running from cave mm-hmm. to cave, and and you know Afghanistan, and then cuts over the border into Pakistan, and it just was a it was a a crazy time to try to find someone that um, you know that had had really essentially had made that. Uh, the best hiding spot in the world for mm-hmm. uh, for what they considered to be freedom fighters on their end and what we considered to be terrorists. Um, that, and and the crazy part is that was funded by the United States. You know, we had we had funded all of the uh, the the Taliban uh, efforts to to keep Russia out of Afghanistan and all of these cave systems that they had built and these elaborate tunnel systems and the weaponry that they had. You know that was largely in part due to America's, you know, the 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 
effort to to fund them to try to keep Russia out of Afghanistan because it was in our interest at the time. Mm. Wow, that was it's, a crazy it's time. Amazing though. to me now. It's like it feels so long ago, especially mm-hmm. then. People came together as Americans, you know, even yeah. from all walks of life in all different parties, you know. And here mm-hmm. now the parties will never unite. And um, never. Bush, or, you know, President Bush, however you feel about him, he did give a pretty amazing speech at the 9-11 memorial in Pennsylvania talking about yeah. how we have to deal with the terrorism at home and, you know, how, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know that we can unite like we did before, but the point is that we should, that should be America. You know, because people did come together, like all the people helping them. Mm-hmm. Like I was hearing a story from my uh, in-laws. They, you know, w- w- one of them was working, you know, downtown in that area. And he had, you know, everything was shut down. No phones, no, like, subway mm-hmm. service. And they're not young. So they had to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge and all the way home. And they're very far, like, deep in Brooklyn. And people helped them. People, like, got them shoes. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, like. And then just even after that match, just all the people helping each other. I mean, no one knew what happened. That would never happen out and like, mm-hmm. You know? Like, I, just, I mean, mm-hmm. I still think there'll be people that would help you. I just don't know. But unfortunately, the people that are not... I mean, you know, we have to think, like, we do know that there are more millions of people that will take the vaccine that will help people. But the problem, there's still millions of people, even though it's a minority, that won't. Mm-hmm. But they're more vocal and, and like proud to be jerk, proud to be jerks, you know. Yeah. And the other thing okay. that that happened was people were scamming the situation and saying that like GoFundMe wasn't really big. I think it was starting, and people were asking for donations for their families and stuff. Um, and then come to find out, they were never even near. Nine eleven. none of their family was. There was a lot of scams from that for like two or three years after, which was really, really sad because it was taking away from everybody else trying to help the actual victims and the actual families of the victims. So that was something that I remember as well. And I was just so sad about that. Like we, at the same time we help each other, the same time we find a way to make money illegally, you know? So, whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah, um, we're hard to go out to the people who have, like, lost people um, during that mm-hmm. time because it's 20 years later they still feel it. Like, because I'm in New York and I'm, you know, I've been getting flooded with, like, messages, you know, on my social mm. media and, and, you know, and it's just, like, just seeing people's stories from that day and then, like, it's 20 years and people still remember, like, freshest day. Sad. So it's just, like, some, some people's like families Changed forever. Their family dynamic changed yeah. forever. Like, um, and I, what like, were you going to say, Joe? Hero, heroes that heroes that saved our lives that were on those planes that yeah. like took them down. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There, I, I just rather focus a, on the good. There was a lot of positive that that mm-hmm. that I don't want to say came out of it, but resulted from from that moment. Um, like, like you both have been saying, like people did come together, people did care about each other. And I think genuinely that was about as unified as this, I mean, with with the exception of if you were Muslim, um, you know, this country had really come together for the first time in, in, in quite some time. Mm -hmm. And, And I think, um, 
you know, that's part of the reason why things are, are where we are right now, though, because people had come mm-hmm. together and we really, I, I think we really did put aside differences for a, a common enemy because, you know, it wasn't looking at your neighbor and saying, well, you're a conservative or you're a liberal and I think you're an idiot. Um, it was somebody mm-hmm. external, which turned that attention away from from beating on each other to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to an ex to an external bad guy, and that just made it much easier for um, you know for, for people to to kind of band together and say, hey, we're all Americans. We all you know we all believe in in you know the the greatness of America. And um, I don't know. It's, it's sad that we've gotten so far from that, but that's what happens when mm-hmm. the enemy goes away. Right. I think that's why Speaking people glorify the the 80s because of you know the the big bad russian you know that well the end yeah. of the, obviously the end of the cold war came at the end of the 80s but i think that's why people glorify the 80s so much is because there was such an external enemy still at that time every decade there is one isn't there yeah seems it crazy that's why um, later now we're like now apparently people are pro-russia and them like infiltrating to our like democracy and mm-hmm. <laughs> so crazy yeah Speaking of a crisis, um, the Afghanistan crisis is, ooh, that's a big deal right now. Um, Joe, jump in and correct me when, if I'm wrong. So it looks like the Taliban has been revitalized and they took over Kabul. I think that's how you say it. Um, it's a smaller faction of the original Taliban. They are pretty, I mean, the Taliban's bad, but these people are vicious. They're um, killing LGBTQ people in the streets. Anyone different from them, they're killing them just in the streets, right off the bat, in public, to send a message. Um, They've been there for, what is it, a couple, like 18 months or something? And Trump set up a treaty to kind of get them out of out of there by February in February 2020. He asked for them to withdraw. Um, they said, "Yeah, sure, we're going to withdraw. You release um, 5,000 Taliban prisoners, and we'll release 100 or 1,000 pr- prisoners. So, yeah, we'll do that." The treaty didn't in um, denounce Qaeda, so which is huge. Uh, it just kind of said, you know, hey, we won't do terrorist activities in, um, and and we'll we'll leave. That's basically what the treaty said. Um, but the Taliban kept attacking, even though the treaty was in place, and they also were killing, you know, U.S. service people. Um, so Biden has been trying to get everybody out. But it's down to 3,500 people, I believe. And um, I don't know. I guess that's the broad broad situation. Joe, if you want to add details or correct me if I'm wrong, because I know that you are more a more in-depth researcher than I am. Um, the, the, I think that would be a broad stroke. That's, you know, that, that's pretty fair. I, you know, the agreement that Trump made – uh, was never, I guess you would say, never ratified by the Taliban. Because right. Part of the, right. 
part of what they were supposed to be doing was um, they had conditions that had to be met in order for our withdrawal to start. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, Trump had basically said that we're going to be withdrawing in 2021. And all you guys got to do is just agree to it. And he touted this as this great agreement and we're all set. Mm -hmm. But the Taliban just didn't actually agree to it. They, they said in, you mm -hmm. know, in, in, in a sense that, you know, we're happy to, to comply, but they didn't. And, so now Biden is faced with this with this really tough situation of trying to get our troops out of there and get you know any Americans out of there and and any Afghans that have helped us out of there, and I think it was poorly planned, poorly timed, mm. and rushed, mm -hmm. and that's why we're in this kind of cluster right now where, um, you know, the Taliban has taken advantage of the vacuum. They've essentially mm -hmm. have just basically they've filled in right where you know, in our footsteps of where we were leaving, and it basically just reacquired all of the territory that, um, you know, that, mm -hmm. that they had control over. So they've, they've rendered the Afghan government useless. It's now gone. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and now they've resumed control of, of the country, if you want to even call it a country, because it's really just tribal factions, similar to Iraq. Mm -hmm. And, and now it's, uh, you know, it's back to, and I will say that it's not the really, really awful version of the Taliban that, um, you know, that, that completely subjugated everyone yet. Um, but it's, it, we're, we're going to see that probably continue to develop mm -hmm. as, you know, as we continue to leave where women are treated awful, LGBTQ mm -hmm. are treated awful. And basically mm -hmm. it's a, it goes from a semi-secular society to a complete um, you know, a completely religious based, um, you know, anarch anarchist uh, hellhole that it was before we before anyone went in there. I think it's crazy when people kill for religion, what God tells them to kill, like what Bible says it's okay to kill. I thought murder was a sin. So I'm confused when people kill for religion. It really confuses me. I don't know, whatever. But they're um, not religious. They just use religion to, like, yeah, exactly. you know, power themselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this, Veronica? I mean, it's just such a tough situation because, you know, I mean, people wanted, the, you know, the U.S. to withdraw for a long time because there was just the money suck mm -hmm. and there was no plan and, you know what I mean? But, you know, but Trump and Pompeo did work out a deal with the Taliban and took pictures mm -hmm. and... And mm -hmm. told them, and so when that happened, that's when people were like, "Damn, we're like, oh well, there's no hope or whatever," and that's, and I think that's led to why the Afghanistan fell so quickly. You know, they weren't expecting it, but people were like, "Well, it had been kind of in the works because they're like, well, when they mm -hmm. made that deal without, and they didn't involve the that the current, um, you know, U.S. backed of Afghanistan government. They did it without them. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah." What's funny to but me at the time is, was, go ahead. I was going to say at at the time that was one of the one of the the biggest issues with it is that they everyone was saying, okay, well this is all well and good, but you know that you've got this agreement that you're saying that the Taliban is willing to uh, to abide by, but you don't have any buy-in or any tie-in to the Afghan government. So how is any of this going to stick? What I find funny is. When Trump made this agreement, his supporters were like, see, Trump makes 
agreements with people. He wants to end things. You guys just, you Democrats love war. And then when Biden tried to withdraw, when he saw that, you know, everybody was starting to die, including U.S. service people, people were like, oh, look at Biden running scared. He's such a chicken. He's trying to pull out of the, oh, he's such a chicken. I'm sorry. Aren't you the people that said to honor service people, you got to stand for the flag? Now you're okay with them dying simply because the president that you didn't vote for is taking them out? I'm confused by that, too. I don't don't understand. Um, I don't know. I think people just love to bitch about something. And instead of saying, you know, oh, I support the president trying to get them out. Yeah, the timing might be poor, but I support him trying to get our our fellow Americans back. They just want to bitch about something. So that's the closest apple to pick from the tree. It makes no logical sense though. (laughs) No logical sense at all. And they forget that the timeline was set by the Trump and Pompeo. Like I didn't didn't want that timeline, you know? Mm -hmm. But I mean, um, they're still getting people out, thankfully, because they're still trying mm -hmm. to work out deals with the Taliban. So that, you know, I mean, Honestly, even though there was, like, a short amount of time they weren't expected, it was still one of, I think it was, like, the largest airlift, you know? It was pretty, yeah. I mean, they couldn't get everybody out there. The fact that it got that many people out in such a short timeline was pretty amazing. And a, I think a commercial flight just left, like, a couple of days ago yesterday, and that included Americans on it. So they're still trying to get Americans out. Yep. Sad. The whole situation's sad. Um, and I just feel bad for those Afghan people that mm-hmm. are losing their homes because they, you know, so, I mean, I donated and signed up some, with some refugee um, organizations to help them because, you know, being from a Vietnamese refugee family, just like watching that was mm-hmm. really triggering because I just imagined my family mm-hmm. what they went through when they let, were left, you know. Yeah. Sad. Um Speaking of freedoms, we have a freedom in the U.S. coming up with good old Britney Spears' um, turnaround. Not only did he say he's stepping down as her conservator, but he says the conservatorship should end completely. And on the surface, that looks amazing. But it was just a couple weeks ago, he won in court to say her conservator wanted her psycho to get a psych evaluation was not on board with her getting a lawyer and her own lawyer. And then rumors came out that he was siphoning money from her. So I think personally, in my opinion, this is a, um, a tactic that he wants to avoid being investigated. So he's like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. Take a, Take, take away this conservatorship. She's fine, guys. She's great. But her lawyer was like, uh, Jamie, Lynn, or Jamie Spears thinks that he's going to avoid an investigation by ending the conservatorship. <laughs> That's funny. We're still investigating him. Um, Veronica, what do you think about the Free Britney movement that's legally going to happen? I'm just so relieved that she finally got a good lawyer of her own mm-hmm. and like... Oh. 
I'm going to be free. Fighting soon. for her. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It took like that documentary and like public pressure. Mm-hmm. For, like, and then also the um the audio recording of her court statement saying how like she was being abused, <sighs> being released. Like that, it, it took so much for her to like open up. Have and even life, when that, is, like even when that audio recording to. came out, he still wanted to be a conservator. So just think of that. Yeah. The only he time he backed to, down was when he it looked like he was going to be investigated. That's when he backed down. And well, also that. the money. Remember, he wanted to hold on mm-hmm. to it because that's like his only yeah. his source of income is abusing his child. So. Ugh. I'm just glad the lawyer was joke. like, no, there's no, like, <laughs> negotiating You're getting away with this. Joe, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I I definitely echo those statements. I think, you know, we're, again, we only know what we know, but yes. um, on its face, I, on its face, I think no matter what, I think this is a, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. Um, you know, anytime anyone has autonomy over themselves and their lives, I think it's a good thing. And, you know, even though I, I, I do truly believe that there's some, you know, there's some issues with, with Brittany and her mental health and in general, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think it's being served by being under this conservatorship. So, you know, hopefully that situation gets resolved. Um, I don't know that there's, even if there is some type of investigation that there's going to be much that anyone can do. Um, you know, basically, as the conservator, you have, you know, pretty much full control. So while someone could mm-hmm. squander money and use it for whatever they wanted to, um, I don't mm-hmm. know if there is much recourse that someone's going to have in that situation. So I don't know that he's really that worried either way. Um, you know, I, I think the, the the bottom line is hopefully this will enable her to, to kind of regain some control of her life and find mm-hmm. some semblance of normal moving forward. And, um, you know, to all those people that supported her and, you know, spoke out and have um, have been extremely uh, vocal public advocates of, of her um, her freedom, you know, I, I applaud them. That kind of public campaign and similar to mm-hmm. things like the Me Too movement where you have, you have people have to speak up. And mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, that's that's where the true suffering really happens. People suffer in silence. So I'm glad that, that people have um, have sided, you know, sided with Brittany and, and have um, had a, a very public campaign to try to help to help her. I think that did really propel things to uh, to a level that enabled her to, to really step out of it. And she did a lot for herself, too. So I applaud everybody involved. She was, she was I'm sorry, like, I, I just feel make. like it's a... Go oh, ahead. okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You first. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I was just saying, like, to me, it's also not just about Brittany. It's about the, the mm-hmm. larger um, mm-hmm. that we need to look into reforming conservatorships and guardianships because so many disabled and mm-hmm. minorities and women and elderly people are taking, you know, are abused because these, these like, government court-sanctioned people that are not necessarily related to them or they could be related to them can control their stuff and just like steal all their money and you know and I just it's so there's so much abuse and it's really scary especially you know I have like all early parents it's like if you know for whatever reason if the state decides that you know we can't control their stuff then they'll have some random person take it and like yep take all their money and and just give them nothing to like you know for their health care or whatever and that happens I mean it's been in the news and there was like a tv show about it on Netflix 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So it, yeah, so I'm just like, that was a great movie. Scary. It's, or yeah, a movie. What I did, I wasn't sure. I didn't see, watch it because I was like, oh, that's too personal. That's really scary. Oh, so that's what like was, was that with Brayden. Rosamund Pike? Wait, yeah. yeah. I saw that like last I care year. About you or something fucked like that. up movie. That was but one it's like of the based most based on a real movie. story. Yeah, you know, there was a woman going around and I think Oof. it was a quarter or something like that, and just just taking up all these guardianships and stealing people's property and everybody losing their homes and everything. Nuts. Yeah, that's that how was, I um, like the fact that like they were controlling her like IUD for Britney. This is insane. Mm-hmm. These people should have, could have that much control. Yeah, I I care that a lot. Be allowed. Yeah. yeah, it was a, that was that movie. I remember talking about it after I watched it because I think she was nominated for an Oscar. That movie was so messed up, like everything that woman did, and like you said, it was a true story. Um, wow, and, like she was so strategic how she would like find certain people that didn't have. Um, adequate care for themselves and oh and then the ending was like oh jesus right that was a, that was a tough movie to watch i'm not gonna lie but it was good um two points i have to make one to your point joe the reason even if there's nothing that comes of the investigation when you stand up to a bully publicly and you drag them through the mud especially after everything that he put her through, that satisfaction is sometimes better than them finding something and putting that person in jail. Just knowing that you can stand up to a bully, because that's what he was to her, to his own kid. Um, sometimes that, that's, that, that's more satisfying than anything. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why she wants to um, have him investigated. I can't Obviously, I'm not a personal friend of hers, but the, I would. I don't care if they find anything. I want him to know I have his number, and I'm going to drag him through the mud for the rest of his life. He'll be attached to being investigated for this. Um, another point I want to make, well, a question I want to ask, because I'm all about questions today. What do they think she's going to do with her money? Say she's mentally unstable. What the fuck do they think she's going to do with the money? blow it all, like spend it all on whatever. She's got everything she needs. What do they think she's going to do? Like that part confuses me, but I thought she was okay with a conservator, just not him. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I thought she was completely okay with somebody being a conservator over her money. She just didn't want him attached. I could be completely wrong about that. I, I mean, it also could be like Nisha was like negotiating things too, like negotiating yeah, stuff over her old stuff, you know, after all these years, you know. Okay. Well, I, gonna I don't know what she's going to do. I, I said, I don't know if she's going to do anything crazy with her money. I mean, that, that's right. But that's part of the, the problem. Who gives a shit? Michael, J- Michael Jackson right. had like a chimp and a freaking, you know, uh, amusement park. And yeah, I mean, people. Right. Yeah, pe- people do all kinds <sighs> of weird shit with their money. Like, you're allowed to, it's your money. Yes, it's your and fucking money. And also, like, what did she do that's worse than have paying the money on all these people right. that were controlling her and ruining her life? Like, right. I think I'd rather her just spend it on her and not 
staying up spending on people who are abusing her. Not only that, but she didn't do that before she got the conservatorship. You didn't see Britney Spears in a in seven mansions and eighteen cars. She had one home that she built, Kentwood, and it was in um, where was it, Georgia or somewhere? I can't remember where, or Louisiana, somewhere. She built a house for her family and herself, and then she had a house in L.A. Even when she was going through her shit with Paris Hilton, she didn't have a conservatorship and she didn't blow all her money. So I'm confused what they think they were doing by taking control of her money. I, I'm so confused. But whatever. Um, hopefully I never have to need a conservatorship because that shit looks scary. <laughs> um, so let's go into some lighter topics. Um <laughs> Good old Olivia Munn. Oh, I love a girl with a mission. Uh, I feel I feel like a kindred spirit. I think her and I are going to be best friends. So, why we're talking about her is back in 2013 at Seth Meyers' wedding, while she was dating Will Forte, by the way, she met John Mulaney and his wife. And she became obsessed with them, him. But, of course, he was married, so she, you know, wanted to hang out with both of them. She even says, you know, I kept going up to them, asking them if they were okay, asking them if they needed a drink. She was just obsessed with John for whatever reason. I I mean, you love who you love. You can't control it. She's had boyfriends since, you know, she dated Joel um Kinnaman and then dumped him after his movie um RoboCop didn't do so well. I'm just saying her timing. She dated Aaron Rodgers. She dated um she's run the gamut. PS. Um but I think her and I are going to be friends. So anyway, he hosted SNL October 2020 and then a chain of events started happening. He came out as um, as an addict to, of all things, coke and alcohol. He went into rehab, broke up with his wife, got out of rehab, relapsed again, and then started dating Olivia Munn. And um, how long has it been? Has it been six months? She's now pregnant with his baby. And I just got to say, that girl is on a mission. I need to get her, her playbook because I got a couple of guys that I need to, you know, get married to and adopt kids with. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on this John, John and Olivia situation? Um, well, I don't have much of a thought about it because it's all just um... – I mean, it just seems like it's a weird situation in general. Um, and I don't really have much skin in the game because I really don't care about either one of them as individuals or actors or, or performers. Or they're, just, they're just people that I'm not just that interested in. Um, but, yeah. you know, the story, the story is just is very tabloid friendly. And there's all, the, you know, that that's the kind of thing that just really just, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. Um but this is, I mean, it's Hollywood, so what do you expect? Yeah. People do crazy stuff. 
you're actually not supposed to get in a relationship after rehab for like what a year or maybe even two and she got with her like three months after he got out or maybe a month and have a baby and they have a baby he could relapse again oh he definitely I don't see how he can what the hell too much pressure especially when he said he didn't want one you know Right. This is too much. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so do you have anything more to add <laughs> to this messy craziness? I mean, I, I don't know. Normally, I don't care about this, but it's, you know, because she's part Asian, so then I'm like, well, this makes me look bad. No. You know, because of stereotypes. I'm Asian women. Not like, one. Please spin oh, around. Come you on. Know, <laughs> one bad apple doesn't ruin a bunch. Come on. You would think that, but unfortunately, that's like the stereotype of Asian women that we're like homewreckers and like we sleep around and you know, I hate this mm. so much. That's you know, everybody's happily married, so she's not a homewrecker. Thank you. And I don't so. do none porn. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't do none porn and she's happily married. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I just, I maybe I wish them luck. I hope. If they, yeah. maybe this is the true match and that it'll work out, but mm-hmm. it doesn't look great. But come on, she's been obsessed with him since 2013. I mean, you've got to give her some credit. I mean, that's determination. She finally so she got seems her like man. she likes mess a little bit, like she likes a little yeah. drama. Because wasn't she having drama with like Justin Timberlake too? Hmm. I don't know. Because I think she got, I think she got in trouble because like he was dating Jessica Biel and they like mm-hmm. hooked up. But then she said that he told her that they were broken up but everybody else was like they weren't. So I don't know. I think she just likes messy guys. I don't know. I do remember like when she was, she was on the movie set of The Predator, she found out, <laughs> ironic enough, she found out one of her co-stars had allegations, um, and he was he was arrested for conversing with a minor in a sexual way, and she got that man fired. So I do remember that. Um, but other than that, I don't. She's had like a couple of movies that I like, but I'm just like it's her deal. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want to be friends with her and find out what she's into because she's she seems pretty. She can help me get some of these men. I mean, I can't trap him with a baby, but, you know, whatever. Interesting. Um, yeah. The other couple news that we're going to probably end with before we before we go is um, this couple on Bachelor in Paradise was booted for, and you have to hear the irony of this, clout chasing. Um so Bachelor in Paradise is a series on TV. It's a jumbled mess of The Bachelor. It's the cast-off of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. What happens is those cast-offs, a handful of them go to Bachelor in Paradise, and they either hook up with each other or they don't. And so this boy, Brendan, Brendan I'm going to call him Morass because I can't pronounce his last name, He's actually from Milford, Massachusetts, and he's 30 years old. 
He was in season 16 of The Bachelorette. He is, he is reported to have met Piper James from Oregon. She's 24, and she's from season whatever number, I think 24, of uh, they were – it's reported that they met before the show, got together, were – campaigning to be on The Bachelor in Paradise, were going to pretend that they were single and then, quote, meet, end quote, on Bachelor in Paradise and get clout and whatever. This is their master play, and everyone's appalled, and everybody's shocked, and Bachelor Nation's rocked. What do you think you do on Bachelor in Paradise but clout chase? I think it's hilarious that they're being called out for clout chasing when that's what everybody does there. That's why you're even on the main show. So I'm confused what the controversy is. Um, I know, Veronica, you're probably just as confused as I am. What are your thoughts on this quote? Bachelor yeah, I was never, I never Nation understood scandal. the whole Bachelor, Bachelor, <laughs> anyways, in the first place. I was never into those shows. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just wondering if they did something else wrong. I don't know. And that's know. why they got booted off, but they were like, they're using this other excuse. I don't know, because it just doesn't make sense. Cause it, yeah, again, it's like, it's not real. And they just, are they that boring that this is like the most drama they can figure out? Right. Um, these people are all looking for clout. They've gotten, the people that have hooked up successfully have gotten married on TV. Or they have a photo spread after they got married. So I'm confused. I'm really confused. <laughs> Joe, what are your your thoughts on this stupid headline? <laughs> well, all right. So again, I'm going to file this under the category of things that just really don't don't mean a whole lot in my life. But um, I think that's <sighs> inherently the problem with a show like The Bachelor is that you know after a certain period of time, it doesn't become about and I don't know that it ever was about actually finding true love. Um, yeah. But now, now it's become so shameless that they're mm-hmm. even, uh, the show itself is even profiting off of this nonsense. So, yeah. you know, the, these two thought that they were somehow going to, you know, scan the system. And I mean, didn't Piper kind of blow it up? Wasn't she the one who blew it up? Yeah. She said, that's my boyfriend. And they're like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? That's your boyfriend. Like what we're doing. She like blew it up on the show. I mean, (laughs) she like got mad because he was like, because he was playing the act, and Mm -hmm. the whole thing was just 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 so stupid on its face. But I think it just Mm -hmm. belies, you know, the the problem with with reality TV in general is that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that you're never you're never going to have a truly genuine experience, but people still buy into it like it is. And there's a reason why these yeah, reality shows have fake. writers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a reason exactly. why reality shows have writers. There's a reason why they yep. apply people with alcohol, that they put people in these certain situations, or they, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they introduce contestants or, or, or people that are participants in these shows beforehand. And, you know, it's, it's just very disingenuous. And for people mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to spend time and energy watching these shows, um, I think it's uh, to me it's very disappointing that that people invest energy and time into these things that are um, 
smart. It's a, it's not even a clever ruse. It's just a it's a it's a giant scam. So these yeah, two scam the swimmer. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's to say, like you said, there, I know people who have written for a reality show, produced reality shows. Um, I knew I met this guy who, um, you know, they hire actors to be on it, to be like yeah. contestants or whatever. And um, yeah. they kept they told him to like show up at these like locations, but then tell him why or anything, mm-hmm. and he'll get there, and then like mm-hmm. nothing would happen. Um, it's all the final cut, and what they did was they had him show up at these places, and then they portrayed mm-hmm. him as a stalker. Even mm-hmm. though that's what they told him to go these places, and he didn't do anything. He's there showing up, but because they like that's the thing. It's all contrived. It's ridiculous. And what's funny is people that do like they created so much drama. I don't know if you guys remember Demario Jackson when he was on Bachelor in Paradise. He hooked up with this girl, um, Corinne. I can't remember her last name. And Corinne got drunk gave him a blowy, and then everybody said, oh, my God, DeMario raped her. And she's like, well, I blacked out. I don't remember what happened. And then they stopped production. They vilified DeMario in the press. He got kicked off off the show. It looked like he was going to be charged with rape. And then other people, especially the crew, came out and said, "Uh, she was willing. He was telling her, you're drunk. I don't want to do this. And she was forceful with him. So... No, he didn't rape her. And then his, he actually, that, I, I think I spoke on this before. I actually contacted him during the height of that, and he's like, I'm in a very dark place. I don't know if I'm going to make it, if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Um, yeah, he came out, and he said he was suicidal. And Chris Harrison, good old Chris Harrison, was very um, vocal about DeMario being a bad guy. And, vil- and helped vilify him. And when he was cleared of all charges, Chris Harrison never apologized to DeMario for the things he said in the press. So this show is very toxic to people. And it also doesn't like people standing up to them because, obviously I've done a lot of research, um, Peter Krause was one of the, from that show, and he got to be one of the, I think he was one of the two people at the end of Rachel season 13 of the bachelorette. They asked him if he wanted to be the next bachelor. And he said, I will absolutely do that under a few conditions. One, I want to be able to talk to the contestants a little longer. Two, I want a psychiatrist on the show to kind of talk with all of us and guide us through this crazy thing we're going through, this experiment we're going through. And three, I don't want you guys to tell me who to date. I want to pick the person I want to date. He was blackballed from that show. If you don't know, when you sign up either one of these shows, The the Bachelor or The Bachelorette, you're contractually bound to them for about two years. You can't do anything else but what they tell you for two years. So they blackballed him. They're like, yeah, we don't want it. We don't, we're going to disintegrate his contract. We don't want anything to do with Peter. He's just not good for our, our brand. So Peter's been doing his own thing. He's got um, two gyms. He was doing virtual workouts during the pandemic. Peter's doing good. But, yeah, they don't like people who stand up against them, and they like to, they like to have a villain for every season. So, 
Well, I, I wouldn't think they, they all be sad if Bachelor continued no more. Yes. Yes. I much prefer narrative shows versus reality yes. shows. The Bachelor franchise can just end for me. I think it's just... And right now, this guy, Matt James, is dating a girl who has a past of racism. Like, just 2018, she attended a antebellum party. And Matt James is black. Huh? That is what got Chris Harrison fired because he was defending this girl that he never met. And I'm just, I'm so done with this whole entire franchise. I, when HBO Max came out last summer, I binged season 12, 13, I think 16 of The Bachelorette. And I watched all of Nick Vile's season of uh, The Bachelor, and then I was done. So, and I've also seen Hannah Brown's season and also Colton Underwood's season. And P.S. Colton is now dating somebody, um, some social media guy. I don't know, but happy for you, Colton. Um, Yeah, we talked about the me watching Beyond Salem. What did you guys watch? Joe, did you watch anything? Veronica said she has. Wait, no, I didn't ask her before. But um, Joe, what have you watched this week, this past so, week? So I've been away, so I have not had a chance to yeah. watch anything. He watched his wife go up and smoke in Vegas. Um, That'll never happen. <laughs> Veronica, have you watched anything? Yeah, I'm really happy what we do in the shadows is back. Favorite shows. It's like my dream show. I want to be a vampire on that show so desperately, and I would love to write for it, too. It's a fun What's show. It called it's so, again? So freaking. What we do in the shadows is so funny. FX. Okay. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Hilarious. If you want a good laugh, I'm telling you right now, you don't even have to really follow Days of Our Lives. Go watch Beyond Salem. Let me tell you something. That show, it's five episodes, and what it's about is um, it's an NBC show, so of course, you know, there's product placement. There's a golden peacock with six different gems, very, you know, endgame, infinity stones, six different gems that get stolen from the peacock. So Days of Our Lives back in the 80s created this world spy agency called the WSA. And Shane Donovan was one of the agents. He is going to different um, locations in the U.S. And he's meeting with different Salem residents to help to have them find not only the golden peacock, but also the six gems. And it's just so funny. Like, the fourth episode was one of my favorites. Every day was funny, and every day was good, and it felt like 80s soap opera. But the fourth day fucking blew me away. It was so hilariously funny. Again, you, really, you get told during the episodes who's, who is who and whatnot. Fism and funny. Please watch Beyond Salem. You will not regret it. Not only that, but Beyond Salem and Days of Our Lives is saving Peacock. Veronica and I talked about this before. When Days of Our Lives was put on Peacock, 
let me tell you, everybody was street. Days of Our Lives was the number one streaming show on Peacock. So this, I'm guaranteeing you, Beyond Salem is going to be number one. I'm guaranteeing you. And if it is, they're probably going to do a spinoff show. Um, They're going to probably take Days of Our Lives off the network and put it exclusively on Peacock. I mean, it's just, yeah. As I said at the start of the show, I'm I'm watching. I'm at December. I started at September 5th, 2020. I'm at December 9th, I believe, 2020. And I just started on Monday. You just fly through those shows. And, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still my soap. I, I remember some of the characters, but, yeah, it's good. Um, so I watched that. That's been the only thing I've been watching, to be honest with you, because I'm just obsessed with it. Oh, I also watched the first King Crime story. Um, it's called Impeachment, and it's about Bill Clinton's impeachment. My first episode review... I love this series more than anything Ryan Murphy has ever produced. I was telling my friend, our, our friend Casey, The People versus OJ, fucking amazing. There were things that happened in that show that I didn't even know about. I feel like when Ryan Murphy does these shows, not only does he see things from every side, he tells details that I, I never even thought about. And he didn't make anybody look worse than anybody else, which is crazy to me because OJ, I feel, is still guilty. Um, The second season was the assassination of Johnny Versace, totally different from the OJ trial because the OJ trial was about a very famous black football player accused of murder. It was very low-key. It was very moody. The Versace show was high glamour. I mean, Hollywood glamour. Versace's house was amazing. Everything about it was just heightened drama. And still it was good. Impeachment, I feel, is somewhere in between. And you're not going to... And he doesn't make you feel bad for Linda Tripp at all. He doesn't make Monica Lewinsky look like an angel. It's almost like impartial reporting. Everybody looks how everybody's supposed to look. The girl who plays, um, what would you say? That's how it's supposed to be. Well, sometimes you watch a project and you're like, yeah, this person believes this. So impartial. And a lot of people are upset, but Monica Lewinsky is one of the uh, producers of this season. It doesn't matter. Like I said, everybody, even Linda Tripp looks very middle of the road. Monica doesn't look like an angel. She admits she's, having an affair with a uh, president. She doesn't look like an angel at all. And Monica um, Lewinsky is producing it. Thank you. Well, co-producing. She's like a producer. Well, co-producing, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, I'm saying but, but she's not. She's definitely involved. Yeah. I don't understand why. I, I mean, and I, again, it's one episode, but I just don't understand Linda Tripp's character. Um, I don't get her. Um especially some of the things that happened. She had um, felt betrayed by another woman and she understand what her thought process was by betraying Monica in the end. Uh, maybe I'll get to that, but I'm just like, hmm. but I kept saying to my TV, you are not going to make me feel bad for Linda Tripp. 
you are not going to make me feel bad. And to be honest with you, I know it was a bit of controversy. Sarah Paulson gained a little bit of weight, and she had a, quote, fat suit on. Um, I think it's ridiculous that that's a controversy because not only do men wear fat suits, Eddie Murphy, uh, Mike Myers, but women wear fake pregnancy bellies in storylines where they're pregnant and nobody complains. So I think she maybe had, like, the chin. Maybe she had a little bit of belly. To me out about Sarah Paulson portraying Linda Tripp is the walk. She walked like Linda Tripp. She moved her head like it. it oh, my God. It was the creepiest thing I've ever seen. I, I like, almost believed it's Linda Tripp. Her voice sounded, it was the, oh, my God. Wow. Sarah Paulson is, like, ridiculously talented. I, I don't know. I like it so far. And they did show Bill Clinton. And Clive, Clive Owen is wearing prosthetic makeup. The only thing that I have a problem with is Edie Falco looks like Edie Falco playing Hillary Clinton. Clive Owen looks like Bill Clinton. Prosthetic makeup and all. Beanie Feldstein, if you don't know, is Jonah Hill's sister. Jonah Hill's real name is Jonah Hill Feldstein. Who knew that? Um, She looks like Monica, but she's not wearing any makeup. She just happens to look like her with a wig and certain clothing. Um, Linda, or um, Sarah looks like Linda. Holy fuck. It is creepy how much she, the, the wig is perfect. The glasses are perfect. The walk, oh my God. Um, yeah, so I'm watching that. Again, I'm not going to talk about American horror stories. I'm not going to talk about it. So we're going to move on from that. <laughs> and I, tr- it's, okay, you know what? I'll finally talk about it. It's bad. So I tried to watch, or tried to listen to Certified Lover Boy by Drake and Donda by Kanye. And then I just decided to clip my toenails. So I haven't watched it yet or listened to them yet in, in their entirety. But what I heard from both of them, I am not impressed by. I was thoroughly bored. Um, so I don't know what the hype is on those albums. Sorry. That was a lot of hype and a little sizzle. Kind of like my last sexual experience. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> that was mean. That was so mean. Anyway. That's, so, that's um, messed up. Yeah, it is. Before we get to our Eva Mendez moments and our shout-outs, I do want to do a, another honoring of Michael K. Williams, um, the, the brilliant actor nominated for, what, five primetime Emmys who passed away last week. It's rumored it was a drug overdose. Um, don't know. Don't know yet. Actually, really none of my business. But um, some cool facts that I found about him was, uh, oh, if you don't know who he is, he was Omar Little in The Wire. But some cool facts I found out about him that I didn't know was that that huge scar he had on his face, he got on his 25th birthday at a bar fight in New York City. 
someone cut him with a razor blade and just right across his face. And it didn't slow him down. And here's the funniest thing. Not funny, haha, but funny, like, what the fuck? I was in Christian Keys Live. I don't know if anybody knows who Christian Keys is. He is one of the most gorgeous men on the planet. I was in his Instagram Live, and someone had asked him, hey, Christian, I have messed up teeth. Could I be an actor? And he said, you can be whatever you want to be. There's this actor, Michael K. Williams. He has a big scar on his face. He's very successful. And then the next day was reported of his death. So it was just a crazy, weird coincidence. Um, another thing that people might not know, not only was he a backup dancer for George Michael and Madonna, but he choreographed the video 100% Pure Love by Crystal Waters before he became an actor. Who the fuck knew that? Like, this man was so fucking talented. I just, oh, I'm so sad. So sad. Um, yeah. He's like one of my Veronica, favorite characters. what do you remember actors. about him? Yes. He's a character actor, I mean, but you wanted to be lead. You know, you always wanted him to yeah. be a lead. Oh, so I was talented. so excited to see him in Lovecraft. Um, that was yes. awesome. Mm-hmm. Was amazing. And he got nominated but for an sat- Emmy for that. I know, and mm-hmm. apparently they didn't provide, like, the mental health support that he needed for that, and that's what kind mm-hmm. of sent him off the edge, and that's, like, it's just Aww. so sad. You know, like, it's, uh, the actors are expected to be so vulnerable, and mm-hmm. there's no support Open for up. us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you, you know, to create these performances, and it's, like, so much. He could have done so many more things, because he was so amazing. Mm-hmm. He's awesome in Boardwalk what Empire, too. And he's as good as everybody does. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What, um, what was your favorite project of his, Joe? Uh, honestly, I think it was Boardwalk Empire. I thought it was... Um, yeah. Because it, because it was... Um, I mean, I really enjoyed the show itself. I thought it was, I, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great show. But because the show itself focused around so much of, of, at the time, what was, you know, Prohibition-era white America, it did show mm-hmm. a lot of glimpses into black America. And I thought mm-hmm. his, I don't want to say his personification of how, you know, how to navigate that world at the time was, was you know, was, was as valid as, as anyone could say, because I, obviously I didn't live during that time frame, but I believed that it was. I believed him as a character that that's just how you got along in, in you know, Prohibition-era Atlantic City. And it was it was very very I I thought he did such a great job, um, and I would say to probably a close second would have been would have been the wire. He was I mm-hmm. mean Omar was like one of the hands down one of the best characters on that show of a, a phenomenal show. Might wow, <laughs> I didn't watch or, uh, the wire or Boardwalk Empire. What I remember him from is Law and Order SVU when he, just his whole, it was season five, episode um, 11, when he was just like, what was his name there? Double, double D or something like that. Oh, God, he was so, and I was like, who is this guy with this scar? Is that scar real? Is that scar like for the role? I couldn't figure it out. And I was obsessed with him since then. 
And Lovecraft Country, he was phenomenal. And I was so happy when he was nominated for the Primetime Emmy. So happy. But, oh, like losing Chadwick last year and then losing him this year, it's like, geez, the good ones. The good ones, gosh. Um, yeah. Um, Eva Mendez moment. Joe, why don't you start? Uh, my Eva Mendez moment was I got to um, <laughs> spend uh, spend a few hours with my uh, with my cousins on uh, Monday, mm-hmm. and I, I, I haven't uh, I haven't seen them in probably almost a uh, well I saw one of my cousins for a little bit um, a few months ago when I went to visit my aunt but um, we went out and we we golfed and we just had a great time and it was just great reconnecting with family that um, you know that I I haven't seen as much as I would like to and. Um, mm-hmm. Just it just really means a lot to be able to uh, to spend time with family for, for me. So I was glad to be able to do that. Nice. And I also want to give a Sounds I want good. to give a shout out. I want to give a mm-hmm. shout out at the same time um, to uh, sure. to my uh, my 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 cousin's uh, son. So my I don't know, what would you call that second cousin? Yeah, second cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he's a phenomenal soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, oh, um, I see. My I see my cousin's wife. Is, yeah, no, she's constantly sending posting videos and tagging me in of his soccer. So I love watching it, and I just want to give him a shout out because he's a killer soccer player. Awesome, Veronica. What are what is your even minutes moment and your shout out? We'll do both of them at the same time. Um, sure. So, you know, being actors like tough because there's so much rejection and dry mm-hmm. spells or whatever. But um, I just got an audition to be in a movie with Robert De Niro, so that was really, really exciting. And I've been feeling like I Whoa. wanted it. I mean, I probably won't book it, but, you know, just the fact that I'm still in the game. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, oh, it's over for me right yeah. now. So it's so slow. Aww. I was really excited about that. So um, I hope I get it, but we'll, you know, again, we're used to rejections, so. But it's just nice. <laughs> sending positive vibes. That is still, sending I, positive vibes. Yeah. Um, but then I just also like it's been a tough time in the world and I just want to give a shout out to all the 9-11 families and the African refugee families and then mm-hmm. also September's um, Sui- National Suicide Prevention Month so mm-hmm. if anybody's hurting out there just I know it's hard to reach out especially with this healthcare system sucks but just please yeah. talk to somebody because they're not alone because like, yeah. I don't want to lose them other like Michael K. Williams or anybody else mm-hmm. like you know I always say to um, please don't make a permanent decision during a temporary situation. There are people out there that will help you, even if it's just listening. Sometimes, and I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes I hear so many stories of me reaching out to a couple of people and they're like, you have no idea how much you just saved me. Or I wanted to talk to somebody like I know what's happened to both of you too. Like you reached out to somebody randomly and they're like, Oh my gosh, I needed to talk to somebody burden someone. If you feel burnt, if you feel like you're burdening someone, who the fuck cares? I'd rather you burden me and talk to me for four hours than harm yourself. So reach out to somebody. I mean, we're here. That's why we're here. So, um, yeah. Um, 
my Eva Mendez moment is going to have to be, I had a situation a couple of days ago, and typically I don't confront situations with people that are um, not on my bad list, but people I have friction with. Unless you are one of my close friends, like let's say Joe and I got into a disagreement, I'm probably going to think about it for a couple of hours, but I'm going to reach out to him because our friendship is important. Same with Veronica. This person and I, we aren't super close, but I still like sort of value their friendship. So I reached out to them and I told them my problem and do you know, we not only resolved our issues, but the next day, Saturday, we resolved our issues on a Friday. On Saturday, we ended up having a four-hour conversation about so much shit. And it felt so good. And I'm like, I got to do, do this more often. I got to confront people in a non, what's it called, um, get it out, especially if I value my friendship with that person. So I feel really good about that. And that made me feel like, oh, I don't know. It made me feel good. Um, my shout out. <laughs> I know you're, you guys are going to make fun of me, but I have to do it. My shout out is fall. I am so happy it's fall. Like I said, my three favorite things, apple cider, pumpkin spice, and gray sweatpants. I am so excited for this weather. I hate summer. I hate winter. I love spring and fall. And I am, I guess I'm going to shout out a season. I don't care. Like, I'm so excited. And I feel like in fall, fall people fall, are I much agree. more Fall calm. is the best season. Yeah. Like, people are so much more calm in the fall. They're not, like, rushing to do everything. They're not, like, crazy mad because, you know, the heat is driving them nuts. They're just so, like, chill. And I don't know. I just. Yeah. Shout out to fall. What's up, Mother Nature? Um, I agree. Food and clothing are better in the fall. Yeah, much better. I can wear, you know, I love boots. I can wear my boots. I just got some new boots from Just Fab. Shameless plug. I can wear, like, a sweater dress, which I love wearing sweater dresses. Can't do that in summer. Um, I like layers. Yes, I love layers. Ever since I worked at um, Express right out of college, I am all over layers because we had to sell layers, you know. I actually think I probably sold Joe some clothes back then. Um, sure did. Yeah. I, oh, my God, I did, didn't I? You came to the NCS location. <laughs> sure did. Oh, my God. I love that hilarious. Joe was at Express. Good. That's amazing. Express was up. Well, it was called Structure. First, it, That's right. the, the girl side was ex- Structure. And then Express got bought out Structure. So it was ex- Express Men and Express. So technically, he was at Express, but it was called Express Men. I got to defend him on that. But, and there really was nothing else. There was really, like, no other yeah. place to go aside from, like, Macy's. There was no other place to or go. Or Abercrombie. Ugh. Uh, yeah, we back when we were um, even in college, Abercrombie was so overpriced. 
the president of Abercrombie, what was his name, Mike Welch or something like that, he was this overmade man who looked like a plastic doll, but he was completely heterosexual. He felt like the popular kids, and he said this, popular kids should get my clothes, not the nerds. And we were like, what? So our generation um, kind of boycotted Abercrombie. But I will have to admit and fall on my sword, I did work for Abercrombie for a month, which is kind of groundbreaking because at the time they weren't hiring black people. So I must have been a cute black person um, for them to hire me. Um, And I was in front of the store. I was always told to stay in front of the store. So I must have been cute and non-threatening. So just to let you know, I have that on my resume. (laughs) No, I don't. Um, Any other thing you want to talk about before we go? We have about 30 minutes. Veronica, anything? Uh, don't watch Cinderella. That was oh two hours my or God. whatever. I couldn't get back. <laughs> oh. I watched four minutes and I was like, hell to the no. That was the worst version of Cinderella I have ever seen. Ever. Why did they, ever? why did they ruin, ever. why did they ruin Rhythmation? <laughs> Girl, that was the, that was the time that I stopped. The opening scene is them singing Rhythm Nation. Okay, let me repeat. The opening scene in Cinderella, everybody's singing Rhythm Nation. I am done. It was awful. Um, I don't know. They were also, quote, dancing. Yeah, I didn't even, that didn't even register to me. When I heard Rhythm Nation, I was like, yep, I'm out. I'm going to say for the record that um, while while I have no intention of actually sitting down and watching it, um, you have to. I no no I was in the other I was in the other room at home and my stepdaughter was was watching it and I could of hear course. it and I'm and mm-hmm. just hearing it I'm like this is the the worst version of Cinderella they could have possibly imagined let alone produced and and allowed it to come to fruition. <sighs> I, thought I don't it was know who thought it, it was a good idea. It looks so good. It has Billy Porter mm-hmm. and Regina Mazzello. I thought it was going to be good. I didn't know it was going to, like, be covers of songs that have be mostly original music. Like, I, it, was an, it was such a disappointment. I thought it was going to be the musical version of Cinderella, the one that Brandy and Whitney Houston were in. So I'm watching it. Yeah. Like, oh, this is great. Nope. That's not what I got, folks. So that movie, and I turned it off. I was not was poop. It. Yeah. Um, Joe, what what do you want to leave with? Anything? Uh, yeah, it's a very exciting day. Today's the first, uh, the, well, the first official day. Uh, the first official day was Thursday, but today kicks off the NFL season. I am in Las Vegas, and I will be at oh, the God. Raiders game tomorrow night. Uh, mm. I, I know you're into football, but just, you know, Big allow me my, my moment. Uh, allow me my moment. It's, um, Wait, yeah. Raiders? I thought you're from Massachusetts. I sure am. Girl. I'm not a homer. He's not. Okay. Is that allowed? Yeah. I didn't think you're allowed. It's not allowed I mean, to it's, he's in Vegas. He can say it openly. Once he gets back home, mm. Mm. I wear all my Raiders stuff back at home. I don't care. I'm a Yankees fan in, in New England. I'm not scared. 
Y'all wonder why he hurt his Achilles, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he got taken out. It was a hit. They're like, fucking Yankees fan. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, right, I'm not scared. Okay. Well, if he's a Yankees fan, that explains why I, li- I like Joe. See? Oh, yeah, she's in New York. That's right. I, I like who I like. American baseball I, I, team. Yeah, it's uh, it's been one of those things that since a kid I've liked the Yankees. It's my 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 parents are Yankees fans. My grandfather was a Yankees fan. Um, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change just because of where I live. And same mm-hmm. thing with football. I like the Raiders. I don't care the Patriots, and the Patriots sucked for years and years and years. They were the laughing stock mm-hmm. of the NFL, and then they went they on this incredible run. And I give them tons of yep. credit. But honestly, yep. all those fake ass Patriots fans right now. Yeah. And Joe's brother was a, a New York Yankee. His twin brother, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's man. Man. Derek Jeter. So cool. They look what? so similar. Once someone said no. that, I was like, "Oh my god, they do look alike." Kind of creepy. <laughs> when I was younger, I have you ever gone? Like have you ever gone as, um, as him for like Halloween? No, but I probably should, I guess. Good idea. Now that he's in the same. You look so much like him. Creepy. Um, yeah, he got inducted into the not, Hall of Fame this week. Nice. And it's not just that you're both light-skinned. It's the facial features. Like, the smile. Everything. I'm like, Jesus. And I never noticed it until someone said it. I'm like, oh, my God, they do look alike. Huh. Interesting. Um... My only, my only thing is watch Pion Salem. You'll like it. It's a fun, um, fun five hours of your day. And it features what? drag queens, so Beyond Salem. Oh, Beyond Salem. Yeah, on, no, that's really uh, good. Is it all free or only if you have Peacock? It's free. If you have Peacock, it's free. Um, let, let me just tell you, like, like I said, it's a continuation of days, but there are gay people, there are gay characters on it. They're featured drag queens. Um, Jackie Cox from RuPaul's Drag Race is on it. Um, it's funny. If you guys, rem- if any of you remember from the 90s, um, Kristen Demira's sister, Mary, the nun is in it. Um, Billy Reed is back. Like, it's so fun. So fun. Ah, I might even rewatch it. It's so good. And also, I'm just surprised. I'm surprised more soaps are doing streaming. Thing, the soaps that are streaming, like General Hospital, when it is on Hulu, because ABC, um, well, Disney owns Hulu. When they rerun the episodes of General Hospital on Hulu, number one show. When CBS puts Young and the Restless on Paramount Plus. It's not number one, but it's up there. So there's a trend that all of these soap operas do much better online than they do on TV. I think you're going to see these TV shows, these soap operas, move to streaming services only. And they're making their money back. The networks are making their money back because, you know, number one. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to move towards that way, if you ask me. But Days of Our Lives is literally blowing Every show on Peacock out of the water. 
because people are street are watching that streaming over any other show. Just think about that. Any NBC show that's doing great on TV is being blown out of the water on streaming by Days of Our Lives. Like, holy shit. That's amazing. So fans are amazing. Yep. And loyal. So they'll get some more hits from me. But all right. That's all I got. Um, thanks again for joining me, you two. This has been awesome. I, um, I hope Joe gets back home in one piece. Um, you don't jinx me. And, and still married to just one person. So, uh, yeah, strange. yeah, that will that will definitely be. A <laughs> I don't know. I think Jenna's spicy. I think she might kick whoever's ass as the second wife's ass. So, uh, ladies, don't hit on Joe in Vegas because his wife will kick your ass. I've run, I've run from from these kinds of problems. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again for joining. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm actually going to be on Casey's podcast again. I was on last Tuesday. I'm coming back on this Tuesday to talk about Beyond Salem, so check that out. Um, it's called The Chat, and it's, it was so popular uh, last Tuesday that um, I have some new followers on Twitter, and I guess people are dying laughing still a week later, but whatever. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening, and uh, we love you guys. Have a good Sunday, and talk to you next week. Bye, Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.